Hey, I'm so glad you're with us for part six of Just Like Jonah. This has been a great series, and I hope that you've been enjoying it as well. So have you ever said, I told you so? Have you ever told anyone that? (laughs) You predict something will happen, and it happens. You say a situation will turn out in a certain way, and it does. And you say, come on, say it with me, I told you so. Now, you know, that phrase can come across rude, it can come across insensitive, it can come across uncaring or arrogant. Most people don't like to hear this phrase from anyone. Sometimes we get ourselves in trouble by saying this phrase. All too often, husbands will say it to their wives. Oh, man, big mistake. All too often, employees will say it to their bosses. Oh, bigger mistake. (laughs) But what if you said it to God? What if you told God, I told you so? Jonah did. Jonah told God, I told you so. Today, we're going to talk about that as we unpack part six of our series in Jonah chapter four. Jonah was a well-known and respected prophet. He was speaking for God during the reign of Jeroboam II, king of Israel. And Jonah knew God's voice. Jonah had seen God's power in Israel. Jonah had experienced God's faithfulness, God's mercy for Israel. And one day, God told Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh and announce judgment against it. Because Nineveh was wicked. And when God said Nineveh was wicked, oh man, he wasn't kidding. Assyria was one of the most violent empires in the ancient world. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, and Nineveh was a horrible place. Nineveh was full of violent, wicked, sexually immoral people. And this empire had been an enemy of Israel and a threat to Israel for years. So because of all this, Jonah didn't care about Nineveh. In fact, Jonah didn't think God should care about Nineveh. See, God calls Jonah to preach to the bad people who don't deserve it. And Jonah doesn't like it. I mean, Jonah refused to go. Instead of uh, going, Jonah tried to go in the opposite direction. He tried to sail to Tarshish. Jonah was running away from what God wanted him to do. But rather than allowing Jonah to continue running away from him, God brought a storm, and it almost sank the ship. God brought a fish, and it swallowed Jonah. And while inside the fish for three days, Jonah cried out to God. He repented of what he had done, and God gave Jonah mercy. He showed him mercy. So the fish spit Jonah out onto the beach, and back on dry ground, the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time and said, get up and go to the city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. That's exactly the same message that he gave him the first time. So the first time God said go, and Jonah said no. But this time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh. And on the day that Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds that were there, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. It wasn't even one of those turn or burn kind of sermons. Jonah just wanted them to burn. He didn't want to give them the option to turn, to repent. But in spite of Jonah not wanting it to work, we're told that the people of Nineveh believed God's message. There's a striking contrast in the responses to God's word. Did you see it? I mean, Jonah, he hears God speak and he runs from God's word. But the people of Nineveh, when they hear God's message, they repent. 
So God responds to the people repenting with mercy. In Jonah chapter 3, verse 10, we read, When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. So if the book of Jonah had ended with chapter 3, with that verse, Jonah would have been portrayed as the greatest prophet ever. I mean, Jonah, he preached to the toughest crowd and they responded. I mean, based on chapter 4 of the book of Jonah, there were at least 120,000 people in the city. There may have been more, researchers aren't sure, but just taking that number from chapter 4, 120,000. Now, if you live in the San Diego area where we are, that's equivalent to the zip codes 92111, 92117, and 92123. That's Claremont, all of Claremont, and Kearney Mesa, all put together. That's the population. 120,000 people in Nineveh responded to the message of God. Now, you'd think that Jonah would return home amazed by what God did, right? But instead, we see that Jonah has a meltdown. Take a look. This change of plans, well, what change of plans? Well, the, the change of plans that God had and that he didn't bring destruction on Nineveh. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. Now, don't miss the adjectives. If you're a grammar person like I am, don't miss this. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. In the original text, the Hebrew text, these, these words are emphasizing a rage, not just anger, a rage. Jonah was throwing a temper tantrum. Jonah was pitching a fit. Jonah was stomping his feet and banging his fists and yelling out loud. Jonah was angry with God for showing mercy when people repent. Jonah knew that God would respond this way and he was angry. The people of Nineveh, they were wicked, they were cruel, they were barbaric, they were pagan. Nineveh deserved nothing less than judgment. But God showed mercy instead of judgment, even though they didn't deserve it. And so in verse 2 we read that Jonah complained. (laughs) He complained. Look what he says. He complained to the Lord about it. And look at what he says. Didn't I say before I left home? You know what he's saying here? I told you so, God. I told you you would do this. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. Now, all the time we've wondered, all throughout the book of Jonah in this study, we've we've wondered, why did Jonah run away from God? Why? Now we know why. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because he knew that God would show them mercy. He knew that God would respond this way. See, God didn't do what Jonah wanted God to do. And that was a problem. And it made Jonah angry. Jonah didn't want their repentance. He wanted their doom. He didn't want them to have a chance to repent. I mean, how could God be so easy on these pagans? They don't deserve mercy. They're evil. I wonder how many of us are just like Jonah. I mean, we believe in God, and we walk with God, and, you know, we do all the God things. And as long as you know, God is doing what we want God to do, then, then we're okay. But as soon as God calls us to serve people we don't like, or God calls us to care about people we don't like, or God calls us to reach out and love people that we don't like, 
we run away, or at least we try to run away. We push back on God. See, in his anger, Jonah even tried to justify his disobedience. You're going to see it in just a minute. He tried to use God's mercy as a reason, as an excuse for why he disobeyed. Look what Jonah says. He says, this is why I ran away. I knew, God, that you are merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. Now, this is a phrase that's repeated like nine or ten times in the Old Testament scriptures. It started when God described himself in this way to Moses. In Exodus chapter 33, Moses is having a conversation. You remember Moses. He's having a conversation with God. And he says to God, God, I I need to know that you're with us. I need to know that you're going with us. And God says, yeah, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to be with you. And Moses says, okay, I need more proof than that. I need you to show your presence to me. I, I need to see you. And so look at what God says in Exodus 33, 19. This is an amazing verse. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose. And I will show compassion to anyone I choose. And in Exodus 34, verse 6, this is what we read. The Lord, later on, the Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. God is passing by, is walking by Moses, and he is revealing who he is to Moses. And he's saying, I'm full of mercy. I'm full of compassion. I'm full of patience. I'm slow to anger. I'm full of love. All Jews would know this about God. This was an event, a story that would be passed down through the generations all about what Moses experienced, that God described himself in this way. All Jews would know this. The psalmist David writes this same description in Psalm 145. Look what he says. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. Even the Apostle Paul in the New Testament describes God in this same way. Look what he says in Titus 3. God saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. God saved us because of his mercy. So throughout scripture, we see that God loves to show mercy. And so Jonah, he told God this. He said, you know, I know you're going to show mercy. I know this is who you are. And see, Jonah had no concern for the people of Nineveh. He, he didn't have concern for people, period. But in this case, the people of Nineveh. He, he only saw the people of Nineveh as sinners, as pagans, who, who deserved God's judgment. Jonah believed that the people of Nineveh were too evil to receive mercy. Friends, Jonah knew all about God, but he didn't know God's heart. Jonah didn't realize how much people matter to God. See, God is in a constant pursuit of people. God is chasing men and women, boys and girls, who need to be saved from their sin. No one is beyond the love of God, the mercy of God. God is always pursuing you, pursuing me. And no matter what you've done, no matter what I've done, even in all of our sin, you are never disqualified from the mercy of God. God shows mercy because people matter to God. That's why he shows it. But Jonah felt that people deserved to be punished, not forgiven. That people should suffer the consequences for their actions. So in anger and sarcasm, 
Jonah tells God, you know, God, you always do this. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. You are eager to do this. You always do this. Jonah is angry that God loves to show mercy. And what is so crazy about this is that everything Jonah is angry about is what he already experienced from God. I mean, if you've ever thought that religious people are hypocritical, sometimes the most spiritual-looking ones are the worst. We're looking at one of the biggest hypocrites in Scripture. There is no one in the story of Jonah that received more mercy than Jonah did. This is what I don't get. Why would God give Jonah so much mercy? I think it's, it's only because God does not want anyone to be lost, but he wants all people to change their hearts and lives. Do you see that? He wants all people. That's, that's you and me, and that's everybody that we know. He wants all people to change their hearts and lives. He doesn't want us to be lost. I think that's why God gave so much mercy to Jonah. I mean, what we see is that God shows mercy because people matter to God. Right? I mean, people matter to God, and that's, that's why he shows mercy. God knows that all of us are sinners, and we are in need of mercy, and God knows that sinful pagan people and sinful religious people alike We need mercy. Jonah forgot about how much mercy he needs. In fact, Jonah forgot about how much mercy God had already been giving him. And what Jonah forgets is what we forget. We would not be where we are and who we are without the mercy of God in our lives. That's what we miss. That's what we forget so often. Is you and I, we we wouldn't be who we are and where we are today without God's mercy being poured out into our lives. I know I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the mercy of God being released, just overflowing toward me. Jonah lost sight of the mercy of God. And look at what he tells God in verse three. He says, just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. He's he's saying, if if this is the way it's going to be, I'd rather not go on living. Jonah preferred death rather than a world where God would save such evil and wicked people like those who lived in Nineveh. Jonah didn't want to live in a world where the mercy of God available to covenant Jews was just as available to pagans. And if I'm not careful, and if you're not careful, we're just like Jonah in so many ways. Man, I, I can believe that some people are too bad or too evil or too wicked. I can think that some people are undeserving of the mercy of God. The Lord replied to Jonah, don't miss this. He said, Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about this? (laughs) I'm blown away at at how God is demonstrating his love and his patience 
and his mercy. The exact things that, that Jonah is complaining about. The exact things that Jonah is questioning about with God. That he's angry about. God is showing to Jonah. God is not threatened. He is not offended by Jonah's response. He's never offended or threatened by our response. God actually wants to help Jonah walk through this. See, here's what I think God is saying to Jonah. I know that I'm kind of adding into the script here, but okay, just give me a little bit of leeway here. I think God is saying, Jonah, you think you're right. Let's talk about who's right. I had every right to kill you for intentionally disobeying me. In fact, I had more right to destroy you because you know what I require and you chose to disobey anyway. The people of Nineveh, they don't know. They were ignorant, but now they know. And you know what they did after they knew? They repented. They repented from their sin. And so I have turned my judgment. Jonah, I have turned my judgment and I have given them mercy. But Jonah, what about you? You still haven't repented of your sin. You haven't changed. And yet right now, I'm still showing you mercy. So Jonah... Is it right for you to be angry about this? God doesn't rebuke Jonah. Instead, God asks Jonah a question that forces Jonah to take this hard look at himself, to gain perspective. Is it okay, Jonah, for you to be angry about me showing mercy to people? Is it okay for you to have this kind of attitude toward me, Jonah? Is it right for you to be this prejudice against people, Jonah? Is it right for you to be this judgmental toward people? Is this okay? Is this right? What do you think, Jonah? Is it right for you to be angry about this? Jonah is forced to look at himself, and man, it's not a pretty picture. God was addressing what is inside Jonah's heart. In fact, here's a big thought, and I know this may turn the whole story upside down for you, but that's okay, it's a big thought. What if everything was happening to change Jonah? What if this whole story was about changing Jonah's heart? Now sure, the the sailors on the boat, the people of Nineveh, they were all affected and they were all involved, but what if, God wanted to change Jonah. We're going to talk more about that next week. But today, I think we are confronted with a couple of questions, and we have to, we have to answer these questions. We, they're not easy ones. We, we've got to struggle with them. The first question is this, how much do people matter to God? That's a good question. How much do people matter to God? I mean, if we were to put a value on it, how much? I, I think he loves people and people matter to him so much that he would give his best. We see that in John three sixteen. We know this passage. God loved the world, people, so much that he gave his one and only son his best so that whoever believes in him may not be, what? Lost, but have life. And see, God always does for sinners what they do not deserve. 
In Romans 5, we read, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While we were still sinners. You know what that is? It's mercy. It's God showing mercy to us. So then we ask this next question, this follow-up question. And I, and I got to tell you, this one pushes on my heart more than the first one. Do people matter to me like they matter to God? Man, if that doesn't rub on you today, I question if you're alive. Do people matter to me like they matter to God? For me, like I've said throughout this entire series, I am just like Jonah in so many ways. And if I'm not careful, I can believe that some people are too bad, too evil, too wicked, too far gone. I, I can believe that some people are undeserving and disqualified from God's mercy. And when I admit those things, I realize that's not right. I realize that within me, my heart needs to change. So does yours. I hope that today that you'll open up your heart and you'll ask yourself these questions.